It was the best of wines. It was the worst of wines. Apologies to fans of Charles Dickens. The global wine glass, it seems, is both quite empty and full to the brim. We live today in the best of times for wine if we evaluate the situation objectively, as economists like me are trained to do. Never before has so much good wine been made and so many wine choices offered up to consumers. For someone who loves wine, the glass is very full indeed. It is hard to imagine better days than these. The global markets deliver a world of wine to your door. Drink up. And yet many enthusiasts are anxious about the future of wine. The good news we find in our wine glasses and on the supermarket shelves is often accompanied by disturbing rumors, feelings, and forecasts. It is the worst of times, too, you see. Especially if you are a maker of cheap wine in France, Italy, or Spain, the largest wine-producing countries. Everything about wine is wrong for you. Consumption is falling, squeezing your market share, and import competition has increased. You find yourself making the wrong wine in the wrong style from the wrong grapes at the wrong price and trying to sell it in the wrong markets. You are betrayed at every turn by the markets that once treated you so well, and now betrayed as well by the European Union, which once brought up your surplus wine lake and now tells you coldly to grub up your worthless vines. You hold an empty glass, or so it must seem. Times are troubling in Australia, too, where a wine boom has been followed by a wine bust as consumers around the world have seemingly turned away from the muscular Aussie wines they enjoyed so much just a few years ago. Recession, falling consumption, rising anti-drinking lobbies, water shortages, global warming, and even raging brush fires all threaten the livelihoods of wine growers and producers in many parts of the globe. It is the worst of times for consumers, too, or so it is said, if they seek that special taste of a place that wine geeks like me call terroir. The wine in your half-empty glass is free of any technical flaw, but so what? Does it have a soul? Does it express any particular place or any producer's distinct vision of what wine should be? This is the age of McWine, I have heard people say. Wine that is all the same. When everything is the same, then it is all nothing. And what's worse than that? These are good times and bad ones, too, for the world of wine. What a contradiction. What about the future? Will wine's tale of two glasses have a happy ending? Or will our, excuse the pun, grape expectations be crushed? I'm an optimist about the future of wine, but as an economist, I'm trained to pay close attention to the dismal side of any situation. I created this audiobook to try to find out just how empty or full the global glass really is and how the world of wine is likely to change. The first thing to understand about wine is that it is many things, not just one, both in terms of wine itself and the economic forces that drive the wine industry, so the story of the future of wine will necessarily be a complicated one. Although hundreds of particular factors will come into play as the wine world evolves, three big forces will almost certainly shape the overall pattern, globalization, two-buck chuck, and the revenge of the terroirists. Globalization and two-buck chuck are economic push forces that are transforming the world of wine. The revenge of the terroirists is all about pushing back, but with a twist because global climate change is going to force us to change the way we think about terroir. Globalization, redrawing the world wine map. Globalization comes first, 
It isn't something new, as we will see, but it is a powerful force that is becoming even stronger. It is quite literally redrawing the world wine map, pushing it out from the old world where most of the Earth's wine is still produced to many new worlds where both production and consumption are on the rise. Wine has become a global or nearly global phenomenon, produced in a growing number of countries and widely consumed, except where religious edict forbids it. Most wine, however, is surprisingly local, produced and consumed in the same country and often the same region. There is enough wine traded internationally, however, to provide wine consumers with the impression of complete globalization.